Kyle, let's do it, man. Woo! Oh, man, I bumped my desk right as we start. Good job, me, for Subspace 14. Hi, this is We Were Gamers, a podcast today about Star Trek. This is our subpod. Uh, what, what do we call this thing? JJ? The name is so good and you never remember it. It's the Subspace Transmissions. Subspace Transmissions. It... it this episode features a subspace transmission or five several yes <laughs> <laughs> and i love uh, man i love how they act out the computer stuff in this one where they're talking over subspace like uh odo just sort of looks off screen and then the screen goes blank mm-hmm. there's it's like no uh there's no interaction with the computer or anything you know like how on your phone people can see you hanging up facetime or something yeah yeah it's kind of awesome uh, that's getting ahead of ourselves. Hello, welcome. This is our uh, monthly sub pod about Star Trek. JJ and I love Star Trek. We love talking about Star Trek. We love... What else can we love about Star Trek other than talking about Star Trek? I mean, watching it. Yeah. Talking about it. Watching it again, even though we've already seen it before. Yeah. So, we figured we'd talk about it some more. Mm-hmm. And so, we're going to do that. But yeah. I think before we jump into... What we have planned for this episode in particular, we got a little uh, sad news up at the top here. Yeah. We were thinking about which episodes to do next, and as that happened, um, within days of each other this past month, the actor who played Odo in DS9, Rene Aubergineau, I believe is how Aubergineau? I believe is how you say his name. I might get it wrong, and if you want to correct me, please do that. I would like to know for sure. Um, passed away. Um, and also within the same, I think it was the same week, the first female writer for Star Trek. She worked on the original series. Uh, her name was DC Fontana. She worked all the way through Deep Space Nine. So that's a pretty long Star Trek career. If you ask it's me. a pretty long career in general. I mean, yeah. the original series was on in the 60s, right? So Yeah. Yeah, and this was on in the 90s, so you know. Um you know, I think she was only 80 when she passed, so I mean, she was must have been extremely young to be writing Star Trek, which is pretty amazing. Um and also earlier in September of this year, 2019, um Aaron Eisenberg who played Nog passed away. He was really young. I think he was only 50. Yeah, he I think I don't remember reading what it was at the time, but it was unexpected, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a health thing. Yeah. Um, man. So, we decided, you know, kind of in honor, in memory, etc., that we were going to pick an episode of DS9, because that encompassed all three of these people, and one that Miss Fontana had written. And so, we ended up picking the episode from season one called Dax which is the eighth episode, if you want to pause the podcast and go watch it. Uh, yeah, so if you're watching on Netflix, know that Netflix does a thing and combines the first two episodes into one episode. Oh, so it's when the they seventh were, episode? When they were originally shown as two separate entries, like a part one and a part two. Okay. Um. Which is fine, but it means that, yeah, Dax is seventh. Uh, it, it, anyway, the number of the episode is one eight. Even, uh, it is the eighth episode of the season, even though it may be the seventh episode in your entry. The name is Dax. That's all. So yep. it's just to be clear what is happening here. We <laughs> didn't get the number. We didn't get the numbering wrong. They did. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can't tell, it's going to be a Dax centric episode. And you know what? There was a lot actually, of Odo, which I was very happy with. Yeah, and actually, it's a it, we did a bad job because I don't know that Nog is in this. Nog episode is not at in all. It, in, um, <laughs> he didn't join. Uh, he was in some of the earlier until, episodes. No, no, no. He doesn't join until dude. He's in some of the earlier episodes. Oh, okay. <laughs> of the season, uh, I'm I gonna, was going to say don't right. don't tell me because I saw him. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, but he's uh, like he's a super bit part. Uh, yeah. Uh, in like one of the like early episodes where O'Brien's wife is trying to open a school on board. Oh, that's right. That's right. I I don't remember him being a thing until like season 
five or six when he yeah. kind of takes over as I think he tries to join Starfleet in season yes, he five. Does. I don't remember which season, but he does eventually try to join. And then he does join later. Right. Yeah. Maybe season – might be as early as season four that he tries. But the uh, the glimpse into the Ferengi life, I think, starts very subtly season one, two, and three. And then it really takes into stride season four when Nog wants to break from the Ferengi and, right. and uh, become a Starfleet officer. And that's like anathema – to the Ferengi so way, Ferengi, for sure. Yeah. yeah, like just psychology. Anyway, um, unfortunately, that's probably the last time we'll talk about Nog this episode. Because, yeah, he does not feature prominently. Neither does Quark, really. So, it's not really uh, a Ferengi. I mean, he, he's Quark in is it. in every episode, but yeah, it's like a uh, kind of a bit part for him. Yeah. So, um, maybe a little... Maybe a little recap of where we're at. Since this is a little bit into season one, we've got... Most of our main characters have been introduced, right? We've got Dr. Bashir, uh, Kieran Reese, uh, Captain Sisko, Dax. We don't have any Worf yet. Um, uh, Jadzia Dax. Jadzia Dax, I apologize. Yes, not Curzon Dax. Um, or, or the other e- Dax uh, that Ezra shows Dax? up later. Ezra Dax, right? Elsie El- Dax? No, Ezra Dax. Is it Ezra? Okay. I think it's I Ezra it was... Dax. Anyway. Not that one either. <laughs> Ezri Ez- Ez- Dax. Esri, okay. Esri Dex. Anyway, did you say Elsie? So we combined the two. Yeah, nice job. We got close. We got there. Um, Worf's uh, not on right. the show. War- Chief O'Brien isn't. Uh, yes, he is. Chief, War- Chief O'Brien is here. Absolutely. No, no, but he's not in this episode. Oh yeah, he's not in this episode. Right. right. So he had gone to Earth to, quote unquote, help with uh, his mother-in-law's hundredth birthday. <laughs> Seems reasonable. Yeah, I mean, right. There are a lot of hundred-year-olds in this show, uh, this particular episode of this show. It, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about another hundred-year-old who I have good opinions about. So, Really? Uh, yeah. All right. As, as we go on. Okay. Uh, well, uh, but, so, where are we at in this season so far? Roughly, people are we still getting an open? You watched a couple episodes previous to this one where yeah. I maybe recapped myself mentally and then just watched the one. So, you know, the the series is, you know, this it's only being the eighth episode of like a 20-whatever episode season. Uh, you're still kind of getting to know the characters. You're learning about everyone. This is kind of the, like, let's learn about Dax episode. Right, uh, right. Because we, we get the recap. We know from when Jadzia joins the station, like, oh, okay, this is physically what she is, but we don't really know who she is yet. Right. And you know, uh, she's a trill, and trills have this like part human, part symbiote thing. Uh, and that's kind of all we have known at this point that at least uh, she and Cisco have some history. Specifically, the symbiote and Cisco have some history. Um, you know that uh, she has. You know, this is like a new sort of thing for him. He knew the symbiote before it changed hosts. The symbiote's name previous to this was Curzon Dax, which was right. It, so Dax is the last name because that's the symbiote's name, right? Right, right. So, uh, and like what the symbiote is versus what the person is and stuff, we'll kind of get into as a course of this episode. Um, right. It sounds basically like um, Curzon Dax was uh, Cisco's immediate superior for a while as well. Yeah, or like a mentor at least, right? At least, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you mean, you know, there's a space station. You know there's a wormhole at this point. You know that the space station is there defending it, kind of. They've kind of gotten into the geopolitics of Bajor versus Cardassia in the right. early episodes of why Starfleet is managing this station. Exactly. Uh, also that, you know, the Bajoran government uh, kind of wants Starfleet there, but also kind of doesn't. Uh, you know that the station is falling apart. <laughs> you know that, uh, you know, it's definitely a, uh, a contentious relationship between kind of all of the parties involved in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Odo is a, like, the... Uh, he calls himself... Yeah, you know he's a changeling, for sure. Uh, you also know that he's, like, the... He calls himself the constable, I think, even at this point. But he's not like 
he's not an he's not a Starfleet officer. You know, he doesn't have like a commission or whatever, but he's like the guy who is the cop that walks the beat on the like living portions of the station. It's not clear if he's like if he runs security the way you think of like Starfleet security officers, but it's I think he's it, kind of that role at the moment. It seemed like it was kind of split between Narice and Odo at the beginning, and now in this episode and later, it just is like, no, Odo's in charge of that. Yeah, and and Kira is basically like the uh, first officer to Cisco, even though Cisco is in charge of the station, but. In some ways, Kira is in charge of the station. So it's like a she's the like Bajoran government's attache to the Starfleet station. Yeah, making sure um, kind of making sure Bajor's interests are protected, right? With whatever right, happens exactly. at the station. So like that's kind of everyone. Uh O'Brien had an episode earlier in this series uh in this season uh that was about like O'Brien making friends with people and doing some engineering stuff. Uh but that's kind of past now, and so this is kind of the like let's get to know Jedzia Dax episode. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know the, I mean we could just kind of get into it here. Yeah. The you can see the uh, the start is Jedzia and Julian Bashir oh, having man. I, I, coffee. Oh, I was cringe. Ractagino, thank you, not coffee. Klingon coffee. Yeah, Ractagino. Okay. Right. Anyway. Uh, you already knew at this point that Julian kind of had a thing for her. Uh, Man, I, I didn't remember it. it was, I was um, cringing a little bit here. This, I didn't remember him being so skeezy early on. Uh, he's definitely, uh, uh, like, my notes even say, like, Julian is such a hound dog. <laughs> it's I, I mean, great. it goes a little beyond that, right? Like, she says, good night. Oh, can I walk you home? No, I'm good. You cannot walk me home. And then... <laughs> And then he's just like, well, I could just follow her. Yeah. Uh, Not great. I bet at the end of the day, he wishes he hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> Based on what happens here next. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, whatever this is, is just like a little slice of life here as they lead into the actual story where some alien dudes come in and... Beat the crap out of them. <laughs> Beat the tar out of both of them, and then try to abscond with right. uh, Jedzia. Right. And then we take a break for the opening, So, because I want to talk about the opening for a second. All right, yeah. So, the, the Jedzia is knocked out, Bashir is unconscious on the ground, they throw her comm badge down, and drag her away. And that's right. then the opening starts. That's the cold open, right? And then the... Do you think they could get away with an opening like this nowadays? No, of course not. This is like three minutes of very slow pan shots on a space station. Great music, though. I I mean, I love it more than I thought I did in the past, because it tells you everything you need to know about the show. It's about a space station and a wormhole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see the wormhole in it. But, you know, we like see, that like discovery See, a slow-moving opening, asteroid. Right? The discovery so the thing is it- good. But uh, but this is just a, such a different thing, and I like I love it. So I think the thing that makes this opening work is that not only is it like a bunch of slow pans and stuff, but it's also kind of like introducing you to the setting, right? It's like oh hey here's where this is. There's this wormhole. There's this space station. Hey there's Bajor in the corner. That's kind of the the setting of the whole series really and it just gives you the idea I, that that this place TNG and Voyager are out there right at the same time as this and they've got ships zooming all over the screen and like lots of planets and asteroids and and warp and all TNG that has a, TNG has a lot less kinetic movement in their opening than I think you think okay well but, like, there is, like, an asteroid, yeah, and you definitely get, like, the ship jumping to warp and stuff. But, like, big pictures of the ship. But this is just the space station, and it's alone, and it's just floating there, not doing anything. It just has that feeling of, like, yeah, they're just out here, man. You know? Mm-hmm. That's pretty I think great. If you did, if you want, if you did this show now, 
you would have to redo the opening in a more like stylized way, I think. Oh, I'm sure the DS9 would explode apart into its like blueprints or something. Or- yeah, or like it would zoom in through the walls and you would see like the promenade and then it would zoom through there and you would see ops and you would zoom down and see like a shuttle and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it, it, not that it couldn't be done, but yeah, it would have to be done differently these days. You certainly couldn't get away with this thing now. Pretty great. Not that it's bad. Yeah, like I said, it's just different. It was uh, It was of a certain time. Certainly was, certainly was. All right, let's get back into this episode. Uh, so we learn uh, that these people are dragging Jadzia away, and uh, Julian wakes up after having gotten his head beat, <laughs> uh, and immediately radios to Cisco. And is like, "Hey, uh, there are bad guys hey. <laughs> taking taking hey, our people away. Hey, they have Jadzia. Find Jadzia, computer." She's in this yeah. corridor. No, that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's like no, they have they have her comm badge. Yeah, and you find out that uh, the the aliens are pretty good at evading the security. Narice is super quick, by the way. I'd like to point out she is very intuitive. They're like talking about who could possibly be trying to get her and get her away from her. Hey. You know, I bet they plan to escape the station. If they plan to escape the station, they need to have a ship that's faster than our ships so they can get away. Find the ships that are faster than our ships and shut them down. I was like, whoa. That's some quick thinking. You know, uh, she is, if nothing else, a very intuitive and jump-to-conclusions type person. <laughs> uh, that's a loaded comment. Uh-huh. Uh, she also seems to assume somehow that they must be working with the Cardassians pretty quick, which again is also in her character to assume everyone is working with the Cardassians. Shame wrong. Uh, well, you know, uh, that part isn't actually ever proven. I don't think. Um, no, they definitely don't agree Sis- that that's true. Cisco basically proves it right. Um, in a second here, when basically, um, what's his name? A- I can't remember his name, but. Um, they, they say it, but it's yeah, not important. They tr- they're trying to extradite Jadzia, right, from the Federation right. because the Federation has an extradition treaty with a with this planet that they're from, which is I guess not part of the Federation. I would they would have to be right because they have the death penalty. And right, they the would Federation does not. Federation. Yeah. Um. So it is. Uh. Right. These people here are like fugitive hunters or something. N- and Dax apparently has some kind of warrant out for her arrest in whatever this system is related to something that happened there. And uh, Cisco basically lays it out and says, you must have gotten help from the Cardassians to be able to shut down the shields. You know, your right, planet. He, he he does some stuff with the security sensors and stuff while they're trying to run away and yeah. also uh, disables some force fields in order to get into their ship. Well, your planet and the Cardassians get along, so you must have gotten help from them, and that's why you didn't want to present us with your warrant because we, you know, we would say no. Right. Like, why did why didn't you just come to us directly? Yeah, right. Uh, and they kind of work it out that hey, you know, uh, this is a Bajoran station. Maybe we can hold off the extradition of our Starfleet lieutenant based on that technicality. Right. So. <laughs> My note says, like, these guys are really bad at serving warrants, but, like, not only are they really bad at it, they're, they're, in, they're trying to do, they're trying to grab the person and get off the station because they know while it is a Starfleet administered station, it's technically run or owned by Bajor mm-hmm. after the Cardassians left, which then means their government needs to have a treaty with Bajor, which they do not. Right. And so that's why they were trying to grab her and just leave so that they could, you know, they were very, interested in just getting out of there. I, I, give, give us your person. We're leaving now. Like Everything's fine here. Look look at this official warrant. Very official. Definitely don't look into this. We're going now. Okay, goodbye. And then Cisco's like, let's just pump the brakes. <laughs> well, and then we get the one of the things that becomes a classic over the next six or seven seasons of Cisco and his gotcha grin. Mm-hmm. When he finally figures it out and says, yeah, we're going to have like an extradition hearing with Bajor. 
And then he just smiles at the guy and you're like, there it is. There's the yeah. Cisco grin. I love it. So he's good. like, he's like, I he's like, see you in the hearing, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And then we enter Starfleet Captain Lawyer mode after that, which is pretty great, too. Well, hold on. Now, Odo has to... F- they got to find a place oh. to have the hearing. They don't yeah. even have a place. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got to talk about... We got to talk you, about that. And you get the... Uh, a scene that becomes uh, a, a running thing throughout this show, Is I this think. the first time it happens? I can't say, because there were a couple episodes before this I didn't watch. I think it is. It feels it like the be. first time that it's happened. Uh, Odo using leverage on Quark to do something that they want. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not the first time Quark has been leveraged in this way because they also do this to him in like the very first episode to keep him from leaving the station. Oh, right. Fair enough. Um, like he, they blackmail him into staying. <laughs> um, and Odo then basically blackmails Quark into closing his bar so they can set up and have this little trial um, or hearing or whatever i like it is. that on the space station the only open space is quark's bar i know right there's no other like area to have an open thing could have in a cargo bay no no this no is, <laughs> this is uh cargo is important this is where you get a little bit of uh, movie magic and you mm-hmm. realize mm, it's season one they don't have a lot of sets yet <laughs> yeah exactly right like they didn't think about like oh dang we didn't build a cargo bay like being having been on the deep space nine set uh, it's a lot smaller than you'd think in terms of the filmable area that they had. Yeah, I bet it's like a hallway. It's a curved hallway. Yeah, a couple get, curved hallways. You get Cork's Bar. You get that one round set for ops. Yep. And they, you and know, later, later they, they must have a cargo bay or something later because I remember those showing up. Later in the show, they had to delete some sets so they could make the Defiant. Oh, sure, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, it was a very uh, tight production. I believe it. Uh, So, (laughs) I just love the way Odo handles it. And he's like, you know, I'm just the one administering the Bajoran building codes here. Unfortunately, we are going to have to take down all of these. This bar is too close to the door it'll have to be moved yeah we your hollow suites will not be uh operable once we move the walls in just the second floor ones you know all of them are gonna have to go because of this wall yeah and quark is like you're blackmailing me and odo's like it's just business (laughs) (laughs) which of course you know the ferengi said to him earlier um so anyway they get quark to agree to use their bar uh then and Odo Odo gets uh, jammed up by Cisco when he says, "Hey man, you got to do me a solid. I'm going to stall this thing, and you got to go to Klystron, I believe is the name of it. Yeah, Klystron Four, and yeah. uh, figure out what this actual deal is because this guy seems shady and like he's trying to pull a fast one on us, which he kind of is. He c- well, he kind of is, man. I mean, he does. He we, we he's can doing what he argument. believes to be true, right? What's that? He's doing what he believes to be true because uh, he doesn't know the whole facts. Yeah, so, like, it's kind of... He's uh, making a decision sans physical evidence, right? Like, it's a it's a deduction technique. Oh, well, if I know that he, these four options don't exist the fifth option must be true and while occam's razor kind of works maybe you can't extradite and execute people based on it well apparently in klystron this is all good okay um even though yeah i I mean so we'll get into it when we start talking about the case here but you know that it it was weird to me that they're like oh this this only became public recently it was unsealed or whatever Mm -hmm. so they he's been wanted for 30 years but now all of a sudden he's wanted like what the hmm what well the mother so the mother says that he's obsessed with his father because he never knew him and right like, this is, seems like the way he's trying to connect with his father is to find out who who murdered him which right he will never find out <laughs> well yeah well yeah we'll get to what actually happens when we get to the end here but the you know, the case as it's kind of set up is 
this guy's father was a general on this world during their revolution or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was in a convoy and was killed. And it was in the civil war they were having, the rebels versus this general's army, which is the main main army, I believe. Right. Um, the 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 government's the army. The government's army. Point. And the Starfleet was helping the government get through it somehow. Right. Uh and so Curzon Dax, not right. Jadzia Dax, was on the planet and uh by advising. all accounts very good friends with this general. Right. And uh he was advising him and also, you know, sort of lending Starfleet's diplomatic help or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh and the story comes out that there was a transmission just before he, the general, left with the locations of where he was going to be. Uh, and the general then is killed by the rebels. And the populace is so inflamed and mad about their beloved general being killed that they win the war and the general becomes a hero. They have statues of him everywhere, Otto says. Yes. Uh, the wife becomes the widowed... Uh, the long-suffering widow of the hero, and the general becomes a mythological figure almost. And so, uh, you know, you that is the case that is left out. There were only so many people that had access to that information, mm -hmm. the son says, and all of them have alibis for where they were except for Curzon Dax. And Curzon is gone. But Jadzia, he, in his opinion, knows, I guess... And therefore is responsible for this, right. in his opinion, murder. I think I think if he could just arrest the symbiote, he would have done that. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I mean, by the end of but it. But that's not possible. By right? the end of it. I definitely think at the beginning, he, he's willing to take the technicality of getting the symbiote by, by the end. But at sure, the beginning, yeah. it's kind of like, nah, you can't just like change bodies and then not be liable for murder. I mean, it's a pretty interesting philosophical question, right? Yeah, in, sure. In a case like this, and, and the, the Cisco raises the point almost immediately in the hearing um, that, hey, this is a different person, right? The Trill symbiote has now joined with a new human. It's a different person. You can't arrest someone for a crime that someone else committed. Curzon Dax is dead. We're sorry. That guy clearly did whatever you say he did, but he's gone. This new person, Jedzia Dax, you can't arrest them for that. Yeah, and and you know the uh, the Clystron Four man—I can't remember his name honestly—makes um, the point. Hey, Doctor Bashir, are they two separate brains or one brain? Well, they work together. Yeah, but are there two separate brains? Yes, there are two separate brains. Do they have separate brain waves? Yeah. Are they the same as when you know? So they they both. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of. I mean, by the end of it, it's the most Star Trek way, right? There's no decision, but but it's very, very Star Trek and why I kind of like by the end, I, about halfway through this episode, I was worried that we didn't pick a great one. But by mm. the end, it's this, it's a very classic, the two sides of an argument in a Star Trek always know that they're 100% right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, then Star Trek doesn't tell you one of them is wrong. The they're yes. saved. They're always saved from making a decision. Really, I mean, or, they, or no, they it, make a strong cases, argument. It, maybe a decision is made, but then the you'll come back and hear they're like, oh, you know, it's it's unfortunate that it went this way, but this is how it is sometimes. Sure, like, sometimes that happens, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's more of a TNG thing, you know, where where Picard has to say. He's mediating stuff. I yeah. mediated a decision that I didn't love at the end of or whatever. But in this instance, by the end of it, you know, something else saves the day. And we're left right. to wonder. I mean, what? So, I mean, we, the trial is very simple. and I, the But the talking about the trial is hard. So, Well, I, I want to start. Uh, maybe we should finish that. the trial and then we could talk about, like, the implications of what it means, maybe. Yeah. I just want to start that the arbiter here, this oh, old lady. right. Yes. 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 Is Great. She's wonderful. This is the 100-year-old that you wanted to talk about, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Good, get in it. At the, at the very start of the trial, like, uh, they're set, they set up in the bar or whatever, and they're here. She comes in and, like, has a little, like, ball as a gavel or something. Which is, and is like, a very Klingon thing, I think. 
It is kind of, right? Yeah. Uh, and she's like, okay, look, this is going to be informal. I don't want to hear about your your fancy words or whatever. Also, I'm 100 years old. I want to be here till supper, not until I go senile. She's like, capiche? Like, you guys you guys understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. And then like the guy's like, Madam Arbiter. She's like, all right, cut it off like immediately to this guy. And, she's, and he's like, okay, here's my point. And she's like, thank you. All right, next. And it's just like moving everyone along. She's like, let's get to dinner. Come on. Like, I want to go play bingo. Like that's the <laughs> the implication. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. Throughout- I'm surprised that she takes like hour long breaks when she says we need a break because people are getting too hot headed. She goes, bang, two hour break. And I was like, I was expecting her to hit the thing and go like six minutes. I know, right? Uh, she's definitely... Uh, and so then, like, in their first adjournment or whatever, uh, where they take a break for the day, she comes up and is like, Captain, I really wish you hadn't asked that question. This is going to make this really complicated. Oh, yeah. Thanks. When he says, <laughs> when he says, are you the same person as the other person? She's just like, oh, why couldn't you just dispute the facts? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He, and so, like, instead of, like, disputing the facts of the case, he's asking the the metaphysical question of like what is a trill and what is a person and well, she's like and he damn has it now to. i have to rule on this and right? he has because well, he doesn't right? have because any of the facts right? jadzia will not open up about what's going on oh yeah that's the other thing right jadzia is not defending herself and is won't tell even cisco what's going what on. happened yeah. yeah she knows the facts and it's clear that she knows whatever has happened mm-hmm. but is willing to just go with these people if that's what they want yep um, uh, so the Cisco trial is the one here th- dragging this out and refusing to let uh, Dax go. The trial progresses along those kind of lines of uh, making the argument on whether or not uh, Jadzia and, as- uh, and Curzon Dax are the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, Odo is on Clystron 4 and-, and kind of is working through a mystery of, hey, what actually happened? This here? doesn't quite make sense. It doesn't seem like Curzon is at fault for anything. Also, there's a lot of messages between Curzon and the wife. And a lot of <laughs> They messages... literally say the wife. <laughs> right. And, and it's also a lot of like everyone says Curzon and that general were great friends. Right. They they hung out together, they went drinking all the time, they mm-hmm. were seen in public as like hugging and being friends all the time. So why would he murder him, right? Right. It, it makes no sense and the you know, then Odo proposes, oh, they got all these messages with the wife. Maybe, you know, he was jealous of his wife or something. That's a thing. Um, Odo being the ever, uh, it, kind of the role he plays in this series all the time is kind of like the justice at any cost, regardless Dude, of lives hurt I, or people I, damaged. I love it. I love that you brought that up because I wrote down my favorite line from this show is like, uh, he goes back to talk to the general's wife a second time and says, hey, um, you know, I've kind of figured out that you're having oh, an affair with Curzon Dax. The, the first time he talks with her, she just basically acts super shady and is like, yeah. my husband it was sad and and terrible, but also yeah. this is what happened yeah. and yeah. it's sad. And Odo's just like, hmm. Mm-hmm. So Clearly the second time he goes back, she says, you know, why are you prying into this? It doesn't serve anything. And Odo just straight right crosses her with it serves the truth. That's right, man. And that's that's Odo from start to end, right? Is And like there's a lot of story that goes along with is he a separate being from his, you know, people and all that sort of stuff. But but for some reason, his character from now until the end of the show is just about, like, truth and justice is the way of this life, you know? And in a lot of cases, not just truth and justice, but truth and justice above anything else. Even right. in cases where maybe it would be better if a little bit less than full justice was applied here. Uh, Odo is for only the most and truest justice and the full truth. And no half truths, right? So, uh, but it clearly comes out that Curzon was uh, a little more familiar with the wife. Let's say, yep, uh, and then maybe was proper. And um, the trial goes on. We figure that out. Cisco puts Jedzia on blast for not defending and saying, "Hey, this is what happened." But um, you know, she's I trying to. The... Pre- oh, god! Go ahead. 
I was going to say that at, uh, during the course of this, the son of the general or whatever, like really clearly loves being a lawyer. He's just like, he loves doing the like <laughs> asking an innocent question thing. And, oh, is this true, doctor, that this is how this goes? Oh, wow. Interesting. Gotcha question time. Like a lawyer thing that happens on TV all the time. Uh, he clearly loves it. Uh, I mean, they love to put Starfleet captains in that position too, right? Of like, you know, he he had uh, Cisco had his gotcha moment too. Of like, hey, when he's talking to the Trill, you know, are you are you the same person? No, not really. Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so there's a lot of that, but uh, it's not the strongest part of the show, which is why we're blasting through this part of it. Um. I mean, it's most of the episode, though. So I know, you know but you... like the uh, the physical lines are sometimes not the best. Oh yeah, it's just it's you know courtroom stuff. I mean, they make their point very quickly, and right. they have to do the drama of like, okay, but how do they get out of this? You know, right? And then uh, you know, it comes through the truth must win out. So the wife, uh, the general's wife, comes to the station with Odo and saves and says, the day. This is not necessary because I know where Curzon was. He was in my bed. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. And then uh, we find out later from a conversation between her and Jadzia. The son is super pissed about it. And yeah. then she's talking with Jadzia and We've... says <laughs> the dumbest thing. What does she say? The, no, it's just the, the situation is dumb. The, well, it sounds... The, the... Go ahead. It sounded like to me... The general was trying to defect to the rebels? That is, I guess, it, the way they word it is that he sold himself out to the rebels, basically? I think like what the he was general trying to is do the is, one who sent the transmission. I think what he was trying to do is defect, and then the rebels just straight up killed him. Yeah, the, the way they word it is, like, he sold, himself, uh, he sold himself to the rebels, and then they killed him for it. My... My... My guess is that maybe he found out about Curzon and then was like, well, screw it. I'm going to join up with the rebels then. Yeah, maybe. Instead of confronting his friend. I don't, it's, it's kind of ambiguous and they don't really talk about that part, man, though, at the end of the the wife is like, and now, and now the secret is sealed. No one will know that he was the coward and I was the, the one sleeping around. Although people will certainly find out. Oh, the the end of this episode pulls at your heartstrings because you know what happens later. Spoilers for Deep Space Nine if you don't want to hear skip 40 seconds ahead. But she says to Jadzia, she says, live live a long and fruitful life. I wrote that, God, this is super cheesy but sad. It's, it's cheesy then because you're like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, live a long and fruitful. Oh, my God, she gets blasted in the middle of this show. Well, the um, I don't know, not the middle, near the end. But anyway, the es- Esri's like later on, right? Yeah, she's only like the last season or something. Mm. Anyway, the uh, it, it is in true cheesy Star Trek fashion, right? The wife still loves Dax, but like didn't know at yeah. the outset. Of oh, this that's that right. Curzon she didn't know died. that Curzon was dead. Right, which is why uh, she ends up showing up to save Jetzia. Right, uh, and you know that. So clearly, she still loves. Dax or has fond memories of their time together or whatever. Uh, and then is like, you know, you need to live. Oh, yeah. Very cheesy, but also, you know, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's good. A, it's it is good it is because... the Star Trek. It's the Star Trek ending, you know? Yeah. It's, but it's good because, you know, A, it stops the trial, which means we don't get an answer. Right. We don't get a an forced answer. answer. Oh, you might come sure, up with your own sure. answer, but anyway. I think the, it, I, I think that, Based on the way they have laid it out, there kind of isn't an answer here, or at least in terms of, uh, you know, is that in Odo's truth, you know, yeah. is, the, is there an answer to this question? Is a trill separate from the thing? That, no, right? They're combined. Well, what, but then right, the question yeah. is, can you can you punish the second combined person for something that happened with the first combined person? And that's like all gray area. There's There's a lot of it, right? There's a lot of... There's a lot of gray areas that get brought up here. One is kind of that, what you're talking about. And the only analogy I can come up with for that is like, think of a, a corporation or something that made mistakes in the past, like um, the, 
the the people that put asbestos in stuff or the Johnson and Johnson people when they put a bad unknowingly sometimes put a bad thing in a product, right? And 25 years later, no one that worked there at the time is still there, but then they figure out that it, it was a bad thing that that company did, right? It, it has institutional memory. There are paper trails. There might be, in the future, emails or recorded calls. or Like, they would be able to re-piece what happened if something were to go wrong in one of these types of companies. But it doesn't mean the people that weren't born yet that then work there when they figure this kind of thing out are responsible for it, right? That's the only analogy you can come up with. I think in your analogy, unfortunately, the corporation is absolutely liable and those people working there are going to be the ones that suffer because the corporation is still liable I, in that regard. Yeah, sure. I mean, they should. it should be, but, but can – what happens yes. when those people get laid off because the corporation goes? You know what I mean. So That's this is the type of analogy that anyway. Uh, that, is, it is a uh, in there isn't really like a a good perfect analogy no, for this case, no, right? It's not and, and because we don't have this concept. But like the the thought sure. experiment of the concept is interesting. One well, it opens up a lot of other thought experiments too, which is what I really like about it. Like, what does it mean to know your like past life or past self or um or what could it mean really to like know your mistakes for forever right like yeah let's let's say you made like the tiniest of math errors or something like that when you were in high school and it cost you a, a grade okay mm -hmm. most of us forget that kind of thing right but like what if that just stuck with what if all those tiny little mistakes stuck with you forever throughout your whole life and built up on you what would it mean for you as a a person how different would you be and that's kind of like you know Dax is 200 years old and you're putting them into a 20 year old body and th those people have to like cope with 200 years of memories good and bad mhm mm like what is that what does that mean you know, and they don't get into what that means necessarily here. There are other episodes in the series where we learn about, like, what is Jedzia? You learn some about Jedzia, Jedzia, the entity separate from Dax. Uh, in this, you learn, you know, she's very smart and there's a Trill candidate program and all this stuff. But Dax and the, the memories of, like, what it means to have all this collective memory and stuff, they get into that more in other episodes in the show. And it's a thing that on goes, right? Yeah. So it's definitely a uh like a recurring thing. And and you know the <clears throat> I think trills aren't infinitely lived, but they are very long lived. And so you get some amount of like this trill symbiote has been alive for 300 400 years or whatever and therefore is like you know, you, you get a very different perspective on life because of how much time has passed, right? That all of a sudden the Trill doesn't think about, oh, like I'm just in this host now or whatever for these 70 years. It's not that interesting compared with this is literally Jadzia's whole life, you know? Yeah. Don't we come up with another Trill symbiote later on in the show that or maybe I'm thinking of a different show? You know what? I'm probably thinking of... Uh... Another show that does this is uh, Stargate. Mm, yeah. Later on, you get into the um, the rebel version of those symbiotes that take people over. I don't remember if you remember that show very well. I don't remember it very well. Um, Although I know um, the actor that plays Odo, Rene Aubergine. Anyway. I think. Aubergine or Aubergine. Anyway, uh, the actor that plays Odo was also in Stargate One, uh, SG One. That's true. He was. I remember that. That's true. Oh, who did he play in that? Um, shoot, you shouldn't have asked me. Uh, <laughs> the Tokra is what I'm thinking of. So, that like guy. the um, he played that guy. Yeah, he played that guy. No, the Tokra are like uh the the rebel faction of the um, of the bad guys, the Gold. Right. And and they have the kind of the same thing going on where they're they're the same as like Dax, right? They they have institutional memory because these Tokra jump from person to person and they kind of have the same thing where they put somebody on trial. But they actually in that show kind of deal with like, hey, what happens when like 
it jumps into a new host and then the gets sick and senile and then the host is paying for the past mistakes of the yeah you know, yeah as they it's interesting it's a cool trope between between both shows i think yeah sg1 also a good show oh man we could do another sub pod on sg1 mm. nah okay <laughs> <laughs> I like that show, but I don't have I don't enjoy rewatching that show as much as I enjoy watching Star Trek. So I think that much more than Star Trek, I can have it on and not think about it. If I watch okay, yeah, if, sure. if I try to watch Star Trek while I'm like cleaning my office or trying to do paperwork or something, I inevitably get sucked in. You even if it's the same the episode Trek. I've watched fifty times. Yeah. I get okay. sucked into watching it. Unlike the SG one where I'm like, yeah, okay, they're going to another planet where they're doing another thing. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. I wouldn't say it's on the top of my list though of things to grab. Anyway, back to Star Trek. <laughs> um, I think this is a cool episode for a lot of that headspace of Star Trek giving you something to think about. And I get my analogy doesn't work quite well with the corporation thing because under our law of course they're responsible right like right you know the corporation has corporation is a person you can still punish it right true yeah uh (laughs) god (laughs) oh man what would start what would captain picard do what would captain picard do if you told him a, a corporation was a person uh would he tell you that the line must be drawn here (laughs) um anyway the uh, uh, I I think it's a back, yeah. I think it's an interesting analogy in terms of like what happens to the people at a corporation and what, how do they get punished if that happens. But but it definitely doesn't fly because um, they they're obviously responsible. But um, right. I, I I also love this episode because while Cisco is front and center in the trial portion of it, it also shows his. I think it's kind of you know, tell me if I'm wrong based on the ones you watched, but like it's the first. Cisco Pitbull moment where he has a hold of something and he won't let it go. Mm. Where he's not going to stop helping Jadzia despite what she wants, which is to just like, oh, just let me go with them. I'll go get punished. It's fine. Don't worry about it. He's like, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to find out what's going on. You're going to help me, you know, save yourself. That kind of thing. Yeah. I... I don't know if it's the first, because again, there were a few I didn't watch, but it's definitely something that recurs in the show where Cisco gets an idea and he won't let it go, even, you know, some in some cases to his own detriment. Definitely. Uh, you know, as the season goes on, uh, or as the show goes on. But it's a, it, it's a very interesting uh, change in his character from the very beginning. You see a little bit in the very first episode where when Cisco shows up, uh, to ds9 you definitely hear you know he's there he's like okay you know i didn't know that i really wanted to post here with my son and this is kind of weird and you know the station is kind of unusual it's not what jake and i were looking for he even tells picard who is in the first couple episodes that's right he even tells him well you know maybe you should find someone else to do this i'm probably i might even resign my commission I'm not sure that I want to stay in Starfleet anymore. He's pretty disillusioned after all the stuff that happened with his wife. Uh, uh, and you know, she died in War 359 and all that stuff. And Picard's like, oh, okay, I understand. You know, we'll, We can start looking for another candidate and figure out someone else to run this station. And then by the end of that episode, he's like, actually, I'm absolutely staying here. All this stuff with the wormhole and the aliens in there has changed me. I'm going to do this. I love Bajor now. And, you know, so you got like a little arc over those couple episodes. But this is kind of expanding the arc of like, I love dealing with all this space station minutia, which is literally going to be the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, oh, this is like. We're going to have an extradition hearing. I love this. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, it, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So, and, you know, this is a, you know, obviously Dax is his good friend from a long time ago. So he cares very deeply about making sure that these people don't randomly take her and execute her or him. It, I don't know. How to, is Dax a he? Is that? Dax doesn't is, have a gender. 
that's what I thought. Okay, I was trying to figure out what to refer. I guess it. Yeah, it, what to sure. refer to Dax as? Yeah, them. Yeah, maybe know. it's a, maybe it's a them, them instead of an it. One. I guess because it's a sentient it's a, being, still a person. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to call it an it. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Z. Uh, Z. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Dax is clearly uh, you know a great friend of Cisco's, and he doesn't want to abandon them. Um, even though Dax, <laughs> even though. Dax itself says, I don't want to to do this. Just leave it alone, Benjamin. Like, let me go. Yeah. I don't... I guess because he's Dax's superior, he has the ability to say, no, you don't get what you want to do. But there's a little bit of... You know, if he's... If he's not pretending, but if he's acting as some sort of counsel, like Starfleet captains seem to sometimes do... Mm-hmm. um in multiple of these shows. It's interesting that he gets to ignore quote unquote, his client and their wishes, which, you know, she clearly doesn't want his help. Um, I guess you get around that by saying, well, he's her superior. So she doesn't get a choice. Yeah. But it's I a, guess it's a the, little bit of a, you know, there current, isn't really anything that wouldn't be, that wouldn't fly. Right. Well, yeah, obviously if, if Dax had their way, they would just, fire Cisco and say, all right, take me, let's go. We don't need this hearing. Sure. Um, but I guess when the, the commander of the station says, this is what we're going to do, everyone kind of falls in line because he's in charge. Yeah. Well, at least he, he didn't get, just become a dictator about it and say, no, you can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Gave him a trial. Um, man, I had forgotten that his wife... I'm sorry. I've been thinking about this since you said it. I'd forgotten his wife died at Wolf 359. Yep. How yeah. does he talk to Picard then? Uh, it's super awkward. He's not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, he tells him straight up. He's like, uh, and he's like, oh, it's good to see you again. And he's like, Picard's like, have we met? He's like, oh, yeah, I was at Wolf 359. And then Picard's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm Whoa. sorry. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, it is super awkward. Um. And it, it's less awkward, you know, after he beats him later in the show. But the it was definitely one of those, like, man, wow, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yes. That's a heavy moment. That's heavier than I thought. I can't, I couldn't remember. I didn't remember that. Wow. Yeah. It, you know, it just, you know, we're we're talking more about Cisco here than Dax. But I think that it's an important episode for well, Cisco. Cisco's the, Cisco's the main character of the show, right? I mean, right. Like Picard in TNG or Kirk in the original series, the captain ends up being the focal point of the show. Although, he, interestingly, at this point, he's a commander, a commander, not a captain. That's true. Commander. When does he get promoted? I don't know. It must be later in the show because he's eventually Captain Cisco when the Defiant comes around. So Maybe that's why he gets to be a captain. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Weird. Um, Interesting in that in Starfleet's rankings a guy who controls an entire space station is lower in the hierarchy than a guy who has one small ship i think it was a stopgap thing i don't think that he's hmm no they send him there specifically as so yeah i don't know it's weird right i think that's unusual it's it is odd i mean he's promoted Season I don't know that three. it's three. He gets promoted season three. Huh. After he already has the Defiant. Oh. Weird. That's weird. Well, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> wow, weird. What a what a moment where they're like they got to season three and they're like, we should probably make him a captain. <laughs> yeah. It, it's weird that he's like lower ranked than the other people. Yeah. So the main characters shows. Huh. Um, yeah. I'm sure that Avery Brooks would have some things to say about that if we could talk to him. <laughs> if you're if you... out there and you know any of the people in this show, <laughs> send us their contact information. We want to talk to him. I, I mean, we can make a phone call. I, I do know someone that wrote this show. I mean, I would love to speak with anyone related to this show. Let's see if we can make that happen. teaser <laughs> don't don't lean on anyone that's rude but okay we it is uh 
I and I think you and I both agree that we both really like Deep Space Nine. And that's why we wanted to do an episode like this where we're just kind of like, hey, here's the setup. Here's these people. This is a fun story. I know I feel like maybe in the wider Star Trek universe, this show is appreciated among the fans, but kind of gets crap among the wider populace for not being as for not being like the next generation two or whatever. Well, it's not flashy. It doesn't have it certainly doesn't start flashy. Yeah. It doesn't have characters that either reach out to certain people from the beginning at least, right? Like Janeway reaches out to a lot of people as a female captain and a strong female lead, and so a lot of people grab onto Voyager. Captain Picard has become an institution. And so if you tell somebody to watch Star Trek, they're gonna watch the next generation. Most likely, uh, yeah. Disco is now, you know, grabbing people because of how flashy it is in terms of its its art style and its direction and how action-packed it is. Um, there's a lot of different avenues for entering Star Trek for people with particular tastes. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, do you like space drama that just doesn't go anywhere for a while? <laughs> I think there's then a you should watch a space station show that's there not is, Babylon Five. Yeah, man, Babylon Five is all right. I know uh, it is, but but like, how do a, you how do you sell how do you sell Deep Space Nine over Babylon Five? Right. Sure. I think there's an argument to be made that this show, Deep Space Nine, now is great, but there are a lot of episodes of it that are really not necessary to see. Yeah, sure. You could make a list of this and cut it down to four seasons. Uh, almost certainly, yeah. And probably less if you really want to get into it. But I mean, how many how many seasons did this run? Six, seven? Something like that? Mm, this? Seven seasons, I think. So if it ran about seven seasons, you know, I think... Shorter seasons geez. towards the end, you know. Yeah, and you could easily take half of every season and toss it. I don't know. Maybe it some of the end, the end ones more, you need. To, yeah, it starts really, getting more linear, and you gotta yeah. gotta watch all of them. Once, when does Worf join the show? Four or five? I want to. No, guess. it can't be that long. I, it could be. He joins I like, the show. I like that. I was on Wikipedia. I was on Wikipedia, and I just typed in ENG dot wikipedia dot org slash wiki slash wharf and that's the right page i love uh, i love the, it i mean Deep the Space answer is nine he, he joins the show when four, tng right. is canceled and oh, Worf joins that's why he joined okay yeah got it man deep space nine yeah i'd say but from like season four on you can't cut as much yeah probably starting in season five for sure once they get deep in the dominion stuff there's a lot that is less cuttable and actually there are some really great episodes later in the show we might come back uh there was talk about doing some more of these for this show in particular ds9 and we probably will do that what's funny about is the ones we talked about are also standalones (laughs) The problem. Okay, you're yes, saying right. we can cut the standalones, and yet we want to talk about the standalones. The standalone ones are the so a lot of the cases are like you know there people make these lists. There's tons of lists of best Star Trek episodes, whatever, whatever. Several DS9 episodes show up on all of those lists, yeah, right? Of like all best ever Star Trek episodes, including original series, including all the other stuff that's happened. And a bunch of DS9 stuff shows up near the tops of those lists in some cases because there are some really great episodes in here, which obviously you would want someone to watch, although they may not be integral to the plot necessarily of DS9, although some of them are. Uh, So we'll get to it, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about what some of those are uh, going forward, you know, when we do another one of these. I don't know if I agree with this screen rant list. That's not oh, dude, list. there's so many lists. You gotta you gotta take the lists in aggregate. I read through probably like forty best fifty episode lists or whatever. Wow, good for you. There's a dude. There's a bunch of them. There are so many. I just like scrolled down to the top tens and like looked and see saw what was available in there. 
oh man, this one has an Enterprise episode. Awesome. Yeah, there's a few that have Enterprise episodes in them. I like, I like the ones that always include, um, Emis- uh, Equinox emissaries from DS9. Yeah. Which one is Equinox? That's the oh, Voyager that the, one with the dudes the that one? like imprison an alien species to try and get home. Okay, yeah. That's a good one. That's probably mm-hmm. that's Voyager at its best, probably. Yeah. You know, surprisingly, Voyager doesn't have as many of the like really strong not that because the writing is bad, but because the show overall doesn't lend itself to like really strong moments because there's a constant through line of them trying to do stuff to move forward in their journey home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not I mean, that Voyager get bogged is bad, down in the middle of it in terms of like, oh, what's yeah. life like on this sort of thing? And then you get into the Battlestar Galactica malaise. Right. And that's kind of the issue. Uh, whereas I think the original series, TNG and DS9 all have a ton of really strong single episodes. It, the original series in particular, I think ends up hogging a lot of, things on those lists just because of how revolutionary it was at the time anyway yeah you get stuff where like oh this is the episode where kirk has an interracial kiss or this is the episode where there was uh you know they like what does it mean to even be a human versus you know being uh you know tried for these alien crimes or whatever all this i forget the what is the name of that episode damn which one are you talking about uh, it's like, is it Mirror Mirror or? I mean, no, I there's uh, the one. most anyway, famous whole one is the one where they go back in time, the city on the edge of forever. No, that's not the one I was thinking of. But where yes, he, that one is is very falls famous. in love with um with the pr- woman the, when Kirk falls in love with the woman in the past, um, but has to let a woman let that woman die and all that. Right. Anyway, there's a ton of like super famous original series episodes, not just because they were revolutionary at the time, but also because the the writing and stuff is very good. Uh, double especially good for the 70s or 60s whenever they came out. Yeah, I mean it's a. Oh, and it was new. At that time. City on the Edge of Forever. I think that's another DC Fontana. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Pretty sure. Good. Good job, DC. You got. That's some good stuff there. Yes. <laughs> Wrapping it back around to the beginning. But hey, you know, as we've gotten completely off track here, completely on brand, um, we're going to, this is it for 2019, I think. Yeah. Star Trek. I think, so, it, Andrew, planning forward here a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, there's a big deal coming out soon. In next month? Picard, right? Doesn't it start pretty soon? Yeah, man, it drops in January. Man, we still have an entire second season of Discovery to watch at some point here. I think what we should do here, I don't know how much of a break you have going on. I don't know. But the first episode airs for Picard after we would record for January. Hmm. Because it's going to record in like January 23rd, or it's going to pop January 23rd. So... I think what we do here is either another one-off or split up season two of Disco. But I don't think that's... Because then we're going to have to talk about Picard in February, right? Uh, Probably. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I mean, there will be like three or four episodes out at that point or something, probably. Yeah. It's going to be hard not to talk about it before then. Yeah. Hmm. Well, oh, well, we can talk. We'll, about we're going to sort through that. There will be an episode in January, and uh, we'll figure out what it's going to be. <laughs> yep. And in then true, in we the new year, fashion, we'll do it live. Yeah, we'll do it live. It's fine. In the new year, it'll be Discovery season two, Picard, and probably Discovery season three. I don't know when yeah. Lower Decks launches, but I don't know how we're going to keep up with all this Star Trek, man. I don't know when Discovery Season 3 launches either. I don't think they've said. End of the yet. year, I think. Basically, their 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 idea is to keep Star Trek rolling year-round, so you have to stay subscribed to CBS All Access year-round. Got it. Because I'm, I'm guessing their number, their metrics are basically like, CBS All Access is our Star Trek subscribers. 
certainly seems that way. I don't right. know much else that I ever go to that service for. Right. Yeah. So. Well, um, if you would like to tell us where you can, uh, what order we should do all this stuff in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We want to hear. Uh-huh. Please let us know. And that would be podcast at weweregamers.com. And we will certainly uh, read that and take your suggestions. Uh, we are also on the internet uh, at Twitter, and that's at We Were Gamers. We're also at We Were Gamers on Instagram and Facebook.com slash We Were Gamers. And also on YouTube. Uh, you can search for We Were Gamers on there. Subscribe. These pods end up in a very handy playlist, which uh, Andy will uh, keep going, I assume. I hope so. Is it not and updated? I hope it's updated. It probably is. I don't you know. I don't, I don't know. No, no, no. Oh, okay. uh, and so that you can, you, the fine listener, can easily find these episodes and listen to just Star Trek if you want to listen to 15 or so hours of us talking about Star Trek. Uh, yeah, for, yeah. Oh, more than 15, because each one of these is like an hour and a half, and then... Some of them are very long. Some yeah. of them are. My, I think one of them is at least two hours. Anyway, it's hard not to keep talking about Star Trek. It is. Maybe, oh, maybe we should do the dreaded transporter episode we've been debating we could we could do that we could do that that's definitely a thing 